Now I'm not going to be able to talk. I'm going to sit here and cry. Man, I love you guys so much. I missed you so much. Man, it's been, I, I got to tell you, it has been a difficult three weeks. And I feel like I've been to hell and back. Uh, honestly, um, I, I want to thank you, all of you, for your prayers and being persistent in prayer, standing with me. And, uh, you know, you were praying for me when I couldn't pray for myself. I mean, I just got to the place, honestly, where I just, uh, I was at a place where I, I, I wanted God to take me home. Honestly, I was in the pit of despair. And uh, I can't, just can't tell you how difficult it was. Uh, and then uh, on Thursday morning, well, last Saturday, Jim and Pat and their son Jimmy and uh, his wife Lulu came to pray for me at the hospital. And uh, they were there around noon. And I was released uh, that, that afternoon after they came and prayed for me. I was able to go back to the hotel and then the doctors wanted me to stay in Denver for, they, initially they said four weeks after my surgery where they could uh, check me out twice a week. Um, I went twice and uh, my total stay should have been about six weeks in Denver, including the surgery and the time they wanted me to stay. Um, I'm, I was out of Denver in three weeks. So, uh, God, I mean, and that's all to, I believe, to the prayers of the saints. So, um, but after going through this just pit of despair, uh, I woke up Thursday morning and uh, just out of, the, out of the blue, about four o'clock in the morning, I had a song on my heart. And uh, it was just at that moment that I knew that God had shown up again, that God was there, and that um, even though I couldn't sense his presence, That afternoon, about 12 hours later, a pastor friend of mine in Denver uh, sent me this text from Psalm uh, 40. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. Listen to this. He put a new song in my heart. After I got that new song just 12 hours earlier, they put a new song in my heart. It's, he goes on to say, and in my mouth, uh, praise be to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. So, um, you, know, I, you know, I know the first question that many of you want to ask me is, uh, are Nina and I still married? Because uh, it's been very difficult on her, uh, but we are. And uh, man, she's just been incredible the last three weeks. And uh, <laughs> uh, God bless you guys. Uh, you know, she was uh, trying to be the best nurse that she could be. And, uh, I, you know, did, I had no, absolutely no appetite. You know, I wasn't thirsty, didn't want to drink anything. I had to force myself to eat. I'm so proud of you. And I, I felt like Riley in a high chair, you know, at about two years old. Well, uh, guys, I can't, my, my doctors are concerned about my, my immune system is, is weak right now. And so I'm not going to stay the whole service, but I wanted to come and worship with you. And uh, I want to pray for you. Um, and I'd like to speak a blessing over you from uh, 
Numbers chapter, I think it's chapter 6. It is, this is the priestly blessing. I want you to listen to it first, and then I want to uh, just share with you some thoughts about it. He says, uh, this is how you are to bless the people. You say, the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. Now, if, you, if you're not sure what the blessings of the Lord are, I just encourage you to read Deuteronomy chapter 28. But if the blessing of the Lord is everything that you need in your life. You know, he says that he will bless you in the field, in the city. He'll bless your crops. He'll bless your children and your children's children. And, uh, you know, he just goes on and on about the blessings of God. And then he says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And that is just finding favor with God. You know, that uh, he's saying that his prayer is that you would find favor with God. And then again, he says, uh, and that the Lord would be gracious to you, that we found grace. He has been gracious to us in the fact that he has given us his son, Jesus Christ. And then he says, may the Lord, the second time he talks about the face of the Lord, he says, may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And that's my prayer for you this morning. I want you to just, if you would just stand and just lift your hands to heaven. And as I read this, I just want you to just receive it. Just uh just, just lift your hands like you're, you're God's filling your cup this morning. And I say, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you, God. I want to just tell you, I can't tell you how much I loved you and miss you. So good to be back home. And uh, God is good. Amen. Please, please be seated. I was just telling Jim that there might be a couple of people here visiting or maybe that don't know, but he actually had a liver transplant. I know most of you know, but just to keep it. Words meant so much and really got us through everything. Just reading those. I know we didn't always respond, but having those to read in the evening and at different times, uh, it was great. The, you guys were all so amazing and just really blessed with the power of prayer. I think maybe I'll give it a little plug here. I know on Wednesday nights we're having a teaching on prayer. And, I mean, we're. Pray, pray fervently and effectively and see your prayers answered in a mighty, mighty way. I believe this is a time of miracles. God's answering prayers. I love the person that would text me and she'd always end up by saying your partner in miracles. You know who you are. I thought, yeah, that's somebody I want for my partner. I need a miracle. So anyway, I encourage everybody, Wednesday night at 6.30, come. Let's pray together and learn how to pray effectively. And just so blessed by all of you. Amen. You know, 
Ron just had this transplant, but his life has been a living testimony for the Lord. It's been amazing. Eddie and I were talking about this this morning, but through horse wrecks and RV wrecks, and now a transplant, and God has been faithful. Let's uh, let's pray for our pastors. Father, we lift them up to you, and we're so thankful, Father, um, that you have placed them in our midst. Father, you've placed them at a strategic point to have a powerful impact, not only upon us, but upon this community. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to touch them, that you continue to fill them with those miracles, those things that, uh, that set them apart and prove uh, you're active and that you're involved in their lives and our lives. And Father, we commit them into your hands and into your words of grace. Lord God, and we ask, Lord, that you would speed healing on its wings into his life, and that, Father, he would be fully restored and back up and and doing all the things that he loves to do very quickly. We thank you for him and Nina and just for that impact that they make on so many lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be Nina, so <laughs> that's hard shoes to fill. <laughs> First of all, I want to just say what a testimony that is to prayer. Um, you know, Ron is just a, a rock, walking miracle, and many of you are walking miracles also, I know. But I don't know if you know that in your bulletin, there is a place for you to put prayer requests. And there are people that pray faithfully every week, two, three times a week, a day, uh, a week besides it going out an email to a prayer list. Um, I know a lot of people who say, ooh, I don't want to put that on the prayer list because I don't want anybody to know what I'm going through. You know what? God knows what you're going through, but he says wherever two or more gather, he will be there in the midst. And you need agreement to get over whatever it is you're going through. So don't be embarrassed. Put it in. Even if you just put your name and say, I have an unspoken request. We know to pray for you. Otherwise, how are we going to know? So anyway, I encourage you to do that and put it in the offering. If you don't get it written in time to put it in the offering, there are pens in the back, and you can put it in the offering boxes as you're leaving. So I know this week there were only like six prayer requests, and I'm thinking, how many people do we have here? And there are only six people that have needs? I don't think so. (laughs) So anyway, don't be embarrassed. Do it. We want to see God move. Okay, so, you know, when the pastor speaks and Nina does her thing, Jim says, okay, you can be Nina. And I said, okay. And I'm so, anyway, I wrote it down so I won't be too worried. Um, and since this is Mission Sunday, I thought I'd like to share a little bit of our testimony with missions with you. We've been in this church body since 1977. We came here after getting saved by the testimony of a dear friend. We searched for a Bible-believing church for a couple of weeks and ended up at Capital Christian when it was meeting at the high school gym. Before moving here and changing the name to The Light at Mission Viejo. Our mission history starts when we were leading a youth group back in the early 80s. We were on a retreat with the teens when Jim heard 
go. It took us several years to figure out where. We took the teens on a drama trip to Mexico, actually around the area around Palomas. It's interesting that that was our first step into real foreign missions, and now it's our main focus. God is so amazing. We spent time ministering at the boys' school in Springer, and then Jim got a call from Terry Northway to come to a meeting to check out what was happening in Albania. My reaction was, where in the world is Albania? I told Jim, fine, you go. I'm not interested. He came home so excited. So the next meeting, I said, okay, I'll go just to find out what you're so excited about. Well, I left that meeting as excited as he was. Here was a country which had been closed to the gospel, and now that the Iron Curtain had fallen, they were letting foreigners in. Talk about a God-appointed time. We went on a two-week trip with six others from the church. Actually, Maxine Hill and Doug Balsey went with us on that trip. We spent time in two villages and had a great time. People were eager to hear about Jesus and to hear from an American. They had been told that we were the great Satan, and many children would go behind us and look to see where our tail was. We ended the trip with a baptism of some 20 people in the river. And as a side note, the interpreter that the Lord provided for us on that trip is now our daughter-in-law. And Maxine Hill also has a daughter-in-law as one of the interpreters on that trip. To make a long story short, we ended up moving to Albania and spending the next seven years investing our lives in the people there. Even though technically Jim was working through the Christian Legal Society to help the government in their transition from communism to democracy, we worked with teens and their teens and their families. We had a Bible study in our home and also in two villages. Then as quickly as that door had opened, it shut, and we were here from Albania to go to school. Jim's law partner is the product of one of those. Um, and then when we got back, Ron actually got us involved in Mexico. We thought he said, okay, we'll get him closer to home. He had a call from a pastor who needed help in Palomas and La Victoria. The church helped to build a Sunday school room at a church in La Victoria, and then Ron withdrew. But we ministry that we now have two beautiful daughters and a, and a surrogate daughter who's going to school with and living with us. My go-to scripture has. understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths I have to admit that sometimes it was the scripture in Ruth where it said whether you go I will go and where you stay I will stay but Proverbs 3 5 and 6 is always there I'd like to read an excerpt from a devotion that I had this week I am with you always. Trust is a golden pathway to heaven. When you walk on this path, you live above your circumstances. My glorious light shines more brightly on those who follow this path of life. 
Dare to walk on the high road with me, for it is the most direct route to heaven. The low road is circuitous, twisting and turning in agonizing knots. There the air hangs heavy and dark, ominous clouds predominate. Relying on your own understanding will weigh you down. Trust in me absolutely, and I will make your path straight. We are all on a faith walk. Take a step of faith and trust that the Lord will be there to provide all the details. Wow, what a good start we've had. It's always hard to follow Pat. She always says, oh, I hate to get up there and talk. I hate to get in front of people. And she always just blows it out of the water as far as what I'm able to do. So <laughs> anyway. As she mentioned, uh, this is Mission Sunday. Uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about um, this church's involvement in missions. It's amazing. I was thinking back um, probably in about 1983 or 84, maybe a little bit earlier than that, we uh, obtained a new pastor in the church named Ed Visor. And Ed was really the mentor pastor for both Ron and I. Uh, growing in our maturity in the Lord. And um, one of the things that he insisted upon was that the church would give 15% of its tithes and offerings to support missions. And that was because he felt so strongly that we needed to be going into Jerusalem, Judea, and throughout all the earth. And uh, that, of course, is was the great commission that uh, Jesus... Uh, placed upon his disciples. And uh, so this church has been doing that faithfully ever since. For 30-some years now, this church has faithfully given 15% of our tithes and offerings towards missions. And we have, we have uh, seen, you know, tremendous things occur in the lives of people in Santa Fe through the homeless ministry, um, through uh, other outreaches that we've had over the years and in uh, foreign missions as well. Um, right now, we're supporting uh, Vaughn and Sue Golder in Albania. They were friends of Pat's and mine when we were living over there, and tremendous pastors who uh, work as, um, as disciplers for other pastors. They, um, they help, uh, they've helped establish a lot of churches in Albania and in Kosovo, and uh, they're just have been a tremendous example for myself and Pat. We're going to have a little message from him uh, shortly. Uh, we've also been very involved in supporting Israel, Eitan and, Shon and Connie Shishkoff, who used to actually be uh, in the leadership in this church way back in the early, late 70s. Um, they felt that God was calling them to move into uh, the Messianic ministry um, where, because they were Jewish, of being fulfilled and completed Jews, as I'm sure you all know, probably 98% or 99% of the Jewish population in the world has never accepted their own Messiah. And so the work of Connie and Eitan and, and other Messianic believers is so important in being able to reach them, especially in these end times uh, when we know that Jesus could be coming back at any point and... Uh, we know that Israel is going to play a key role in the return of the Messiah. Um, we're very involved with uh, Brandon and Oksana, um, who um, are 
with YWAM in Montana, and they're going to give us a little a little talk uh, this morning about what they've been doing in Ukraine. Uh, we've got Rosa, who is in Japan. Uh, it's interesting that um, that uh, Rosa was uh, involved in uh, missions with us in Mexico for a couple of years, and I really think that was kind of a springboard to, for her to say, you know what, I'm willing to go for it. I'm willing to, to go be a full-time missionary. And she's got some great things going on in Japan. She's going to share with us a little bit this morning. Rebecca Gonzalez also used to go with us a lot, uh, now named Kelsall, recently got married. And um, Rebecca is, um, ha is using her training. She has a, a degree in journalism, and she's using her training now to um, talk about missions throughout the world and, and how to bring the gospel through literature and through the things that she writes uh, to people in the nations. Uh, we've all, we're also supporting Greg Ashbaugh, who uh, was supposed to get me a little blurb for us to look at this morning, but I think he's pretty busy with school. But he's over at Bethel College, and uh, if you know, and a real asset for this church. So uh, I'm looking forward to what God is, is going to be doing through him. And, of course, we're involved in Mexico missions. Many of you, of course, are involved in Mexico missions with us by supporting our scholarship program. Morning that as a church, um, we are called, it's interesting that, you know, church. It was for everybody. And um, he made it clear that the story that we have to tell, the testimony that we have to give, and I understand Ralph uh, gave a great lesson in, tes in, in giving testimonies last night at Saturday Night Live. Um, but um, that is something that God calls all of us to develop within ourselves, is that, is that testimony, that ability to share with all of those around us about the impact that Jesus Christ has had upon our lives. And I, I'm thinking about the very last things that Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, right before he went up uh, and was resurrected with the Lord. And he says there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Well, what did that mean to them? I mean, they weren't planning on going anywhere. They were perfectly comfortable right there where they were in northern Israel. They had no special desire to go to all the ends of the earth. But at, immediately after that, tremendous persecution broke out against the church, and people were being killed for their faith. And guess what? The church dispersed throughout Jerusalem and Judea and to all the ends of the earth. And so here were these people who had now heard the testimony, and God expected and required of them that they would go and share that testimony, not only in their hometown, but all over. And so don't be surprised if God calls you in the same manner. Okay, I'd like to start this morning with um, Rebecca Gonzalez is going to share with us a little bit about what God is doing in her life, and they're going to cue that up for us here and play it, I think.
history, you know that I just got married about three weeks ago. Can't wait for everybody to meet my husband, Josiah, soon. Um, so I'm really excited you guys are having a missions event and that I can be a part of it, even from across the country. This church has taught me so much about Christ and his love for the world and is a big part of the reason that I can work full-time for his kingdom now. Um, so I'm just glad that I get to be part of this missions event. If you're not familiar with the ministry God has called me to, I work for um, an international evangelical organization called Campus Crusade for Christ, also called CRU. Um, I work for their global headquarters as a missionary journalist. Um, that means I, I have a degree in journalism, and I mainly tell stories of God's glory all around the world um, and write discipleship material for our print and online platforms. That includes um, our magazine and some new print materials that are going to be taking its place these coming years, um, our websites and our newsletters. So in doing so, not only do I get to support the hundreds of thousands of missionaries around the world with crew, but I actually also get to directly speak to and teach um, either people who don't know Jesus or um, people who want to know more about Christ um, through So in the last few months, I've gotten to do several projects that have been really fun and, um, and interesting to me. Um, and I put some more on the Lights Facebook page if you guys want to see some more stories that have been up recently. But one that I thought that I would share is um, one that was posted in the last couple weeks and has gotten a lot of response. And that's this story on crew.org called um, How Your Kids Can See the World Like a Missionary. Um, this was just a lot of fun for me for a few different reasons. I believe God called me to be a missionary when I was about 10 years old. Um, and so even though I am not a mom yet, I can relate um, to the idea of kids being called to missions. Um, and, and kids are just already at this place where um, they're just excited to go and, and change the world. And so it was an honor for me to get to write this article. Um, but anyway, I wrote about teaching children to be missional. Um, a topic really close to my heart. Um, so I talk about teaching kids how to share Jesus with the world, about teaching kids um, empathy for people in the world who lack even basic needs um, like food and water, um, and even just teach them about practical steps in sharing God's love, whether it's um, sponsoring a World Vision kid or um, praying for people across the world or um, or donating, doing a shoebox for Christmas. Um, so it's actually been really encouraging to me to see a lot of people respond to it, but including even friends of mine who don't know Christ, um, just intrigued with the article and talking about doing things with their children. This is just a cool example to me of how um, more universal topics can actually get people interested in talking about spiritual things and, and sharing their thoughts about Jesus and, yeah, and uh, kind of opening their hearts to him. So this coming year will definitely be different than I expected. Um, so I have, I'm going to be working really hard still for the next few months, um, working on stories for about God's glory all over the world. Um, I have a whole bunch of different assignments right now, whether it's um, talking about God's characteristics reflected in different cultures. I'm doing one story about... Um, teaching people about Jesus that way. Um, I'm doing another project where I am working with an artist actually to um, create some basic tools for new believers, um, teaching them about basic truths about God's glory, about the gospel. 
but in about six months, I'll take a break to start um, a set of seminary courses, my second year seminary courses, as well as to join my husband in his joining full-time staff with Crew. He's been a volunteer with Crew for a while, but we are really just excited to launch into ministry as a family, as the Kelsals. Um, and so we'll be doing that during the summer. Um, and at that time, we'll actually be in New Mexico. We'll have some updates for you. And um, just thank you again for being part of this ministry. We're really appreciative for you guys, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Amen. So we can see how, how the Lord is working in Rebecca's life. And uh, one key thing that she said in there, I don't know if you caught it, but she said that God had been preparing her for a long time to be a missionary. And it's interesting how... Uh, how God has called her, and it'll be exciting to see how God uses her as a missionary in the years ahead. If you guys would go ahead and roll the photos uh, that I have of Israel there. Um, There we go. They were involved in this church early on. They came out of the mountains of northern New Mexico where they'd been living the hippie lifestyle. And God, God radically transformed them and uh, has used them as leaders ever since. And um, one of the really neat things that Pat and I have been able to do over the years, they actually moved to Israel the same time we moved to Albania. And so we were prayer partners together, praying for each other in our new uh, fields of ministry. And it was an exciting time as we were giving reports to each other about what God was doing, both our good times and, and the very, very difficult times. And especially in the early years, they did go through some extremely difficult times with the burning of their uh, congregational building and, and different issues that went on with the persecution there. Um, but... Uh, we have tried uh, every couple of years since like 2000 or 1999 but to enjoy um, God's holy land, his, his place uh, that he has set apart and called his own. And uh, we haven't done that for a couple of years now, but if there are people that would be interested in going again this year, Twelve-day trip is about four thousand dollars, and that that's all inclusive, and uh, it is an amazing time that would transform your life because uh, just being in God's holy land in that place that so many biblical events occurred. Walking on the water there at the Sea of Galilee, and and just uh, seeing. Uh, all the different areas where he ministered and, and where other biblical events occurred uh, truly transforms a person's life, really brings an immediacy uh, for you uh, out of the Bible that you that is very difficult to sense without actually being there and kind of sensing the stories as they develop and, and as you see the land. So if there are those among uh, this congregation who would be willing in, to go or interested in going, Please talk to me or Pat uh, after the service, and we can start.
Shackles, which is very significant this year because this is a year of jubilee for the retaking of Jerusalem by the Jewish people. And so it's, it should be an awesome, awesome time over there. And we'd be over there uh, with the Christian International Christian Embassy at Jerusalem, which sponsors a, a Christian um, celebration during the Feast of Tabernacles in Israel that is just out of this world, just amazing uh, worship and dance and teaching. And so if you would be interested in that, please let us know. But uh, I want to let you know that what they are doing over there has been so amazing. They have started congregations all over northern Israel. And uh, the primary one that they're involved in is, is in Kiryat Yam. And um, so it's, there's a generational change going on there. But they have established married, and there are some photos up there, which you may have seen by now, of their daughter, Sigal, uh, in her wedding ceremony, which he got, got to officiate over. And uh, so it has just been, they have uh, uh, Hannah and David are their children that were born here, and they are also very involved in ministry over there. Hannah is, is the wife of the man who's now leading the congregation that they're involved in in Kiryat Yam. And um, so we have seen uh, literally thousands of people affected, not only from living in Israel, but people coming over to Israel by the ministry that they've had there. So we're very proud to be able to say that we have sponsored them consistently over all of these years. Okay, let's move on to Albania, guys. And um, as I mentioned, uh, we have supported uh, Vaughn and Sue Golder for a number of years in Israel, in, in Albania. And um, Vaughn has given us a personal message this morning, uh, just talking a little bit about uh, the ministry that they have there. Greetings from Albania. Uh, there at Mission Viejo. Uh, Jim asked me to uh, update you on where we've been in the last year and where we're going. We're so grateful as we consider uh, it's been probably 20 years since Jim and Pat left Albania physically, but uh, their heart and yours is still with us after all of those years. And we're, we're just so grateful to the Lord for your partnership with us uh, and with Jesus for the sake of the gospel in Albania. Jim asked for a little bit of an update where we've been. Uh, 2016 was a year of major transitions. Uh, five years ago, I had handed over uh, the pastorship to a dear brother named Ladi and uh, he wanted to go off for, for uh, Bible school, so the elders asked me to come back as senior pastor. I did that. We started kind of, we just wanted to get our house in order, and so we spent a couple months on prayer, uh, corporate and private, just making sure we're abiding in divine before we're uh, trying to produce fruit. And uh, then uh, we kind of turned a corner, spent a couple months on the wonderful gospel. We want to make sure that we're following God's calling because of grace, not because of the law. And the more that we talk about the gospel, the more we're energized to serve out of gratefulness. And so we spent a couple months on that. And then specifically, uh, one of my passions is to make sure, and I use a basketball analogy, that everybody gets to play. I don't believe we can really grow as disciples uh, with all of our battles and things, challenges that we have personally, unless we're also serving somewhere according to our own passion and call, calling that uh, Jesus has uniquely given each, each of us. So 
we saw uh, we went uh, uh, saw an increase of maybe about fifty percent in uh, small groups and ministry teams. Uh, lots of new leaders came to the fore and are doing a great job. Uh, so we we have about twenty eight uh, ministry teams and small groups this year uh, that are operating, and uh, we're just grateful to see all that the Lord has done. Uh, as we look into this next year, now that we've kind of got our house in order, we want to. Join Jesus' passion. Uh, he, he weeps the same tears over Tirana, our capital city, as he wept over Jerusalem because he came to seek and save the lost. In Luke 15, he tells us that he leaves the 99 go after the one. Well, the percentages are just flipped with us. Uh, we've seen uh, from zero up to uh, maybe a half a percent of the population is uh, actively participating in uh, God's family now. But uh, that 99% is a horrific uh, statistic that we see still outside of the family faith. So here we, we need to leave the one to go after the 99. And our church is turning a corner to do that this year. Also, we would like to consider opening up a new campus out in a, in a distant uh, suburb called Izurish. It takes about 40 minutes for people to come from there. We've got about 40 people in our church that uh, live there. And we're hoping we might be able to open a second campus there. Uh, lots of challenges to see that happen. It seems like our challenges and our opportunities are are both are, are one and the same. Also, we've spent many years walking, trying to run a race in a swamp of corruption and bureaucracy. Uh, we've got some land purchased, and we would like to get a building permit. If we get that, then we can uh, start a capital campaign to put together a worship and training center, uh, which is our passion to raise up and release leaders according to their calling. We also uh, have a number of church. And so uh, we just spent this week, you know, working with uh, people in Kosovo and, and from Bosnia, and we wanted to send out another couple to uh, Kosovo to plant another church this year. So uh, pray with us uh, that these things happen. Uh, I just want to convey a sense of Jesus' gratefulness to you as a church for all that you do in partnership with Jesus around the world, uh, including Albania. God bless you. May the light at Vision, Mission Viejo uh, continue to shine in the darkness as it is up to this point. Thank you. Okay, next we have Rosa Griego, who is in Japan. Hello, church. My name is Rosa Griego. I'm a full-time missionary in Japan. I work with high school and college-age students. I also do street evangelism, I teach English, and welcome short-term missions teams into Japan. Within this next year, I'll be delving deeper into my Japanese studies, as well as focusing more on supporting the local churches here in Tokyo. Thank you so much for your loving support, and I hope to see you guys again soon. Also, within this year, I'll be getting married, so thank you guys for your prayers and all your support. Amen. Yeah, she just announced that on Facebook a few days ago. Pretty awesome. Uh, then we have uh, Brandon and Oksana Ashbaugh. Hi, guys. I'm Brandon. And I'm Oksana. And we're full-time volunteers with Youth of the Mission, otherwise known as YWAM. 
Now, YWAM is the world's largest nonprofit Christian organization in the world. And there are bases all over the entire world in almost every single country. And we exist solely to know God and to make God known throughout the world. Now, we work at the Lakeside Montana base, and we staff the discipleship training schools. Now, this last year, we were able to make two different trips to Ukraine, and we spent just about four months there out of the whole year. The most recent trip we took was with a group of Bible teachers where we were able to teach many sermons, uh, do a lot of Bible studies. Uh, we started a youth group for refugee children. We taught Bible overview, and we ran a seven-week Bible study course on the inductive study method. Now, the cool thing about making two trips in one year is that we were able to make uh, relationships the first time, and then the second time we were able to pick up where we left off and continuing to invest in those relationships and see what God had done in our absence. Last time we were with all of you, we shared a story about a drug addict named Wolfka. And when our team was there in the spring, we met him and we spent a couple weeks building a relationship with him. And by the time we left, this man gave his life to the Lord and the very next day he checked into a Christian rehab facility. Wolfka was a criminal who spent over 20 years in prison. His first wife overdosed on drugs. He had a six-year-old son who he hadn't seen in years, and he was a very broken man. And Wolfka also had tattoos on his eyelids, and it said, Wolfka found ourselves back in Ukraine this fall. And we were working with this teen challenge ministry again, and one evening this man walked into the room. And he looked familiar, but we didn't quite recognize him until he came closer. And we saw on his eyelids those same tattoos, Wolfka sleeps. In that moment, we knew it was Wolfka. We came up to him and we started talking and he remembered us and our team. And God has done such a redemptive work in his life. And he's still going through this Christian rehab facility. He literally looks like a different person, acts like a different person. I could not count how many times he said the word hallelujah and praise God that night. And he was even able to see his six-year-old son, whom he hadn't seen in years, and he was just weeping. It was just so amazing to see the fruit from the spring of what the Lord is doing in Ukraine, that the Lord is alive there. Brandon and I are in Montana, and we are preparing to lead the discipleship training school here that will begin in April and will end in August. Then after the spring DTS, uh, we want to take another group of Bible teachers to the Ukraine again. So uh, that's where the church And uh, all the prayers and stuff that you guys have, have given to us have really meant the world and made this possible. So we thank you guys for your support and your continued support. And uh, yeah, your partnership with us has enabled the gospel to go forward into specifically Ukraine God's hand on Brandon and Oksana's life is, is really special uh, to see. Um, I'm blessed by them being involved in discipleship training, and uh, it's something that is an awesome program to develop a person um, so that they can uh, go out and be an effective minister. And especially to you younger people, if you would be interested in going to a discipleship training school and becoming equipped to do that sort of thing, I would encourage you to get a hold of them 
and find out about how you might get involved and actually have them as your teachers up in Montana. Okay, this... you or some of you at least may remember Rosalia uh, who is our daughter's older sister and she was here she's been in Santa Fe a few times in the past and we asked her she's now actually working at, at uh, the orphanage that we have there um, she has graduated and and uh, now she's uh, become a helper that is uh, you know working with our girls that are there so uh, I asked her to share a little bit about what uh, Casa Amor has meant to her. How do you think you'd like to be if you didn't come to this orphanage? Nunca hubiera aprendido de Dios, nunca hubiera podido seguir lo que Dios quiere con nosotros, por ser una persona de Now, casi nadie quería saber nada de Dios, casi no veía su camino. 
Y pues la verdad es que cambió mucho. Ver a Chase a lot because um, before not that they wanted to know anything about God and now they have changed and they have chosen another way. It has truly been amazing how um, God has changed the lives of the girls that we have at Casa de Amor. Um, from a group of fairly rowdy young ladies who uh, didn't really have a purpose in direction, uh, we've seen a transformation where really all of them are seeking God in their lives. And it's just been so awesome to see how God has done that in them. Um, I've asked B to come up and share a little bit about Mexico missions. those of you that don't know me, my name is B. Johnson. Started coming to the church here back in the days when the dinosaurs were on the earth, <laughs> about a year or so after Jim and Pat. <laughs> I want to say, first of all, I hadn't planned on saying this, but I want to say that uh, Jim and Pat represent this church in an excellent way down in Mexico. They are known in the community. They're known by the present and past mayors. They're known by the mayor's council. They are known to uh, the people in the schools. They are known in the community, and they have an excellent reputation, and they represent us really well. <laughs> Jim asked me to speak on two things. One was, <coughs> excuse me, why I got involved, and the other was what it means to me. Why I got involved with uh, Mexico Missions, I've always had a heart for missions, as far back as I can remember after I became a believer. Um, I wanted to go to a foreign mission field. That didn't work out. Well, not the way I planned anyway. Um, but about in 1990, my uh, mother and dad, they lived here, and they were in an accident. And my mother was 76 years old, and she became... Um, infirmed after that accident. She couldn't take care of herself. So after my dad died uh, in 2000, I went and lived with her and took care of her um, while I worked in the day and then took care of her in the evenings. And I was looking for a way to put back into the community through her. And one of the things that I would notice is sometimes I'd take her, she was at points in a wheelchair, and we would go to Luby's, for those of you that remember that, it's like first cafeteria. And my mother would sit, and she would just look at, if there was a child there, a preschool child, she would sit and stare at that child. She wouldn't eat her food. She wouldn't drink her, her soda or whatever she had. She wouldn't do anything. All she'd do is watch that child. And it really frustrated me for a while. But then I realized that the Lord was saying, you know what, why don't you do something that has related to children? And that's how I first got involved in Mexico missions, because at that time there were younger children at the at the um, orphanage. It was a way of giving back. What the orphanage means to me, each one of us has talked to, 
I'm probably the least fluent in Spanish, but uh, talk to, relate to. I get somebody that comes and they translate while I talk to her. I write to her uh, in Spanish with Google Translate. And um, we each have a girl that we minister to. And the one that I minister to is a terrific girl. And I just think about, you know, how God has given to us in our generation the capacity to, as some of the other people said, to help the next generation. And I see that that is a huge blessing when he... Um, verses 25 and 27, it says that, I'll read 20, um, 27, it says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father, of our God and Father, is this, to visit or by the world. And so ministering to these children, we know, is something that is the will of God. And I know that each one of us, if we are following him, that's what we want. We want to do something that is the will of God. And this is a ministry that is doing the will of God in that community. I'm blessed by the team that goes down there. I was talking about how it's affected me. I'm blessed by the team and the relationships with the people that go down on a regular basis. I've been going down. I've been giving towards and involved with them, I don't know, somewhere over 10 years. I started before my mother passed away, and she's been gone about seven years now. Um, but I've been going down the last three or four years. And the team that goes down on a regular basis, you get to know the team really well. We go down, it takes six hours to get back down there and six hours back. So uh, you learn a lot about each other during that time. I'm blessed by, you saw Anna up there. She was one of the women that was translating for Rosalia, the younger one. I'm blessed by the people that work there. They're, there's an incredible staff. And, you know, it's just a blessing to see their commitment their love for the Lord, their love for the girls, they're like a family. And they see that ministry as like a family. The word says that, you know, if you give, it will be given to you. And that's exactly what has happened. As we give out, God gives back to us. The last thing that I'd like to say is that there's a story. And guys, if you can get that picture ready, don't put it up quite yet. But if we can get it ready. There's a story that I wanted to read, and it's not only for the orphanage. It's for the people who are in our lives that we affect and the lives that we touch. And it's a story that most of you have probably heard. It's called the Starfish Story. An old man was walking on the beach one morning after a storm. In the distance, he could see someone moving like a dancer. As he came closer, he saw that it was a young woman picking up starfish and gently throwing them back into the ocean. Young lady, why are you throwing those starfish into the ocean? The sun is up and the tide is going out, and if I do not throw them in, they will die, she said. But young lady, do you not realize that there are many miles of beach and thousands and thousands of starfish? It cannot possibly make a difference. The young woman listened politely, then bent down, picked up another starfish, and threw it into the sea. And then she said, I made a difference to this one. 
Could you put that picture up? This is the girl that I um, work with and minister to and love very dearly. And it makes a difference. hear what God is saying to you through missions this morning because it makes a difference to one or two or three in each one of us if we can reach out to one or two or three or ten we can change the world thank you B um so what we are actually doing, uh, if you don't know, is we have 12 girls in our shelter there. Um, we have become a family together. They, if, if somebody calls it an orphanage, they rebuke them and say, no, we're a family. Quit calling us that. And, uh, and we really are. And so it's neat to see that. We have about 140 kids that we're sponsoring in the community that many of you are sponsoring in the community. It's making a huge difference for them. Um, Valeria, the young lady who's going to college and living with us, uh, that she's a product of that program, making straight A's at the Santa Fe Community College. And so we, are, we, we see a town, honestly, I believe it is being transformed for the Lord there. Not only are they getting an education so that they can do something more productive in their lives. But we insist that they remain involved in their churches as they're in our program. And so they're getting the spiritual growth and direction that is so necessary to have a proper compass as they move forward in their lives. So uh, it is such a blessing to have this church involved in missions in all of these different ways. Um, I had, a, I had a message that I need to give the church, but I'm not going to give it this morning. I'll wait, and maybe I can do it next Sunday, uh, that I believe is instrumental. All upon our lives and how we are to respond. So I'm going to save that for next week, and uh, I'm going to uh, let us get out of here on time this morning. So if you'd all stand with me, we can pray. And the worship team might like to come up and we can have a last um, worship song before we move out of here. Um, if, you're in, if, if you're not on our newsletter list and would like to be... ...out um, by paper... We can get your address, either electronic address or your physical address, and we'd be more than happy to see that you're put on our newsletter list and receive uh, a, a message from us each month about what's going on down there. Um, we're excited. You know, Palomas is a town of like 3,000 people, and maybe, no, it's probably closer to 5,000 by now. But um, God is moving in that town. And I believe that a lot of that is a direct result of this ministry that's been going on there for 17 years now. And the prayers of you all uh, praying for that ministry and your involvement in the kids' lives. And believe me, it makes a huge difference for them.
like for us just to pray together. I'd like our leader, uh, our worship um, leaders and our, uh, I mean, not worship, prayer leaders and elders and deacons to come up. If you would like prayer this morning, if you're looking for direction in your life, if you're looking for uh, overcoming issues in your life that uh, are you're having a hard time getting beyond, um, maybe you just need to commit your life to the Lord. Uh, they would be happy uh, to spend some time in prayer with you and to uh, help you um, by, by inviting the Lord to minister to your life and to make that difference in that transition. And as we saw Ron this morning, prayer makes all the difference. So let's pray together. And please feel free to come up to our prayer ministers at any point and ask them for prayer. They're, they're, that's what they're here for. They're here for you. Father, we thank you for your involvement in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for um, your power that overcomes all adversity. That we can rely upon you to make the difference that causes our lives to be significant and meaningful and filled with joy and hope. And so, Father, I pray for each person here this morning that we would have a sense of the power of your Holy Spirit within our lives, your overcoming power that overcomes every adversity, every difficulty, every problem, every sickness, every issue that is besetting us and keeping us from being effective. We say, Holy Spirit, come. We say, Holy Spirit, minister. Holy Spirit, touch. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, set me free. Holy Spirit, let me be the vessel that you've called me to be, that I can be salt and light in this world around me. Lord, as, as I go out today, fill me with that sense of your presence. And may your kingdom come in my life and in the lives of all those that I get to talk to this week. I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you.